I know a lot of Remain voters did it reluctantly. They did it because they believed the scaremongering and the fear stories about economics. All of that is wrong. And I would say to all of them, listen, guys and girls, we're living in a 21st century global economy. We have just broken free from a backward, failing political union. The world is now our oyster. Welcome to episode 12 of the Gristle Digest, the weekly podcast that comes with a free Daniel Hannan voodoo doll and a set of 12 pins. Today is the 26th of June. I'm Oripson and I'm joined as ever by my good friend Paul Moss. How's it going, Paul? Uh, yeah. So, uh, probably probably not surprisingly not great. No. I'm going to do my usual. No. Everything's wonderful. Yeah. Everything's not. It's, it's it's quite, quite horrible. It is pretty shit. Um, it's it's Brexageddon and... Um, this is an unfortunate episode of the Crystal Digest. I thought yeah. we'd never have to do, but it's a it's a Brexageddon special. But um, here we are. Yeah, top stories this week. Holy shit! Holy mother of God! Taking a steaming hot shit. <sighs> Britain has voted to leave the EU on Thursday. What most people who weren't xenophobes thought was never going to happen actually happened, as the British public, famed for their good taste and sound judgment, voted to leave the EU in a closely fought referendum that saw the Leave campaign win by 51.9% to 48.1%. In the immediate aftermath of the vote, the Prime Minister resigned and the financial markets collapsed, seeing the UK economy lose £350 billion in a single night. Uh, the n- well done, yeah, well done, everyone. Well done, Brian. Well done. Thank uh, you. The nation awoke to a country more divided than Simon and Garfunkel, with London, Scotland, and a number of other metropolitan cities voting to remain in the EU, and the rest of England and Wales voting to leave. There was also a serious intergenerational divide, with over 65s voting heavily in favour of leave, and under 25s voting strongly in favour of remain. Some commentators are now expecting a teenager pensioner punch-up of epic proportions to take place at any minute now. Uh, In addition to the country splitting by generation, the UK may lose Scotland too, as Nicola Trout, sorry, Sturgeon, if that's what what people call her, declared that it was very likely she would call uh, for a a second Scottish referendum. Uh, Next uh, story, same story really, (laughs) to be (laughs) honest. It's a big one. It's a big one. Yeah, it's the next one. Immigration, NHS, nah, I didn't say that, mate. Leave campaign lies start unravelling within 24 hours of the uh, referendum result. As the true horror of the referendum result began to settle in like a shot of absinthe mixed with some sour cream churning in the nation's belly, it didn't take long for the lies and mendacity of the Leave campaign to make itself known like a fart reverberating through an empty church. Within hours of the referendum result, Nigel Farage told Good Morning Britain that the Leave claimed that £350 million daily savings from non-payment of EU fees would go to the NHS was in fact a mistake and not something he would have said. Later in the day, amoral, soulless, unethical, bald, ideological, tough shitbag <laughs> Daniel Hannan went further and said that despite securing a leave vote, the Brexiteers could not promise any cuts to migration. To the anger of a stunned Evan Davis, who rightly po- pointed out that a lot of leave voters voted on di- uh, did so on a firm expectation that migration would be reduced. Hannah responded with uh, Hannan responded with a wry smile. Furthermore, uh, the wiping off of nearly a tenth of the economy in a single day laid waste the claim, uh, the leave claim that Remain experts have been fear-mongering over the economy. Now, if anyone doubts the idea that the main proponents of the leave campaign have been lying through their teeth, um, I urge you to just take a moment to watch the quote-unquote victory speech delivered by a stunned and mournful Boris Johnson. Does he look like a victorious leader? That was not that was not a celebration party. There was not, not a single at all. Or, or does he look like he had. a mendacious bullshitter who didn't want this, and now he's got it, and he's been found out? Uh, final story, same story again. <laughs> <laughs> Those crazy <laughs> bastards! What are they doing over there? World looks on askance as UK elects to walk blindly into oblivion. As the world woke up to a Brexit Britain on Friday morning, many were left stunned that a supposedly developed nation had willingly loaded the bullet into the chamber of its own suicide gun. 
Uh, Europe responded with a mixture of resentment and mockery, with EU President Juncker displaying about as much grace as an aggrieved five-year-old at a birthday party, and French newspapers not missing an opportunity to stick the boot in, with one displaying a full-page photo of a zip-lining Boris with the caption, Good luck! Uh, Britain fell from being the fifth largest economy in the world to the sixth, uh, at the time that we recorded this, uh, it could be <laughs> it could be worse. We could be a lot out. lower. We could um, be, yeah. And international businesses have already responded. Morgan Stanley is to move thousands of jobs away from London, and uh, HSBC will follow suit if the UK fails to obtain access to a single market. Arguably, the best pictorial representation of the world's view of Britain's decision was encapsulated in the front page cartoon of the New Yorker magazine, which showed a number of suit and bowler hat wearing Brits doing a Pythoness silly walk off the edge of a cliff. Paul, what? <sighs> Jesus! What the hell? Cock, fucking Christ! <laughs> Jesus! Um, we did it! It bloody happened, mate! Um, how? 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 Unbelievable! Jesus Christ! Just shocking! I mean, we we, we joked about it. We uh, <laughs> obviously maybe maybe we tempted our own fate on this one. I don't know, but yeah, maybe we maybe it's it our is fault. our fault. I, don't know. I think it might be our know. fault. Um, we probably played a part. I think before the before the referendum, um, it was probably mo- it was probably likely to most people that we were we were perhaps leaning on the leave uh, on the remain side rather. But um, we tried to be a little bit balanced, as balanced as we could. Yeah, be. just just you know, I, I, to reflect the fact that we knew that you know there are other people listening to this and that we wanted yeah. to uh, reflect that. But when the when push comes to shove, um, we we both were quite firmly on the remain side. And now that this referendum has happened and we are left with the, the utter detritus of being Britain well, outside just, of the EU or the prospect of it. Um, just I left think in the absolute I can probably speak shame. for both of us when I say we think yeah. this is absolutely fucked. <laughs> and Fucking we really didn't want this. Awful. <laughs> Every the, the reason I always felt that we could be relatively balanced whilst discussing this issue was, was for the simple fact that it was so ridiculous that, that it could happen as a concept. Uh, the, you know, even ignoring the facts, like you know, historically speaking, the status quo tends to wins mm. uh, in these referendums. We're fucking Britain. We're forward-thinking, yeah, multicultural, bubbling part. Do you remember 2012, the Olympics? Yeah, I remember that. And you can actually be proud. Yeah, and you know, the world kind of came together and saw how great we were. Yeah, and then four years later, yeah, we 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 are not only laughing stocks uh, as a country, as other countries look on in bewilderment at how a country could do something so irresponsible narrow-minded and hate-fueled to itself mm. but but it, it's it's that's such a really interesting um sort of trajectory to draw actually or like two points you know like the zenith mm. being the 2012 olympics as you say uh perhaps you know the end of the opening ceremony where it was a celebration of that's, all things british was... and it was it, as you say it was brilliant it was fantastic you felt so proud of being british and even myself as an ethnic minority i felt incredibly proud of being British and and to, to to go from there to, to Thursday. Well, yeah. How's how's that feeling today? Not so great. You know? yeah, yeah, not so great. Um, and and a familiar story with with anyone I speak to with with any kind of uh, a migrant background since Friday has felt exactly the same. Yeah. It's a scary, shitty time. It's a scary. And it place. shouldn't happen in this country. Absolutely, it shouldn't. Um, I think I think I mean if we just look at you know the vote itself. Um, yeah. So it appears that uh, there's been. It's be, it, we are a country divided. It would appear between yeah, um, en- enormously so. Uh, the, the the people it seems that are most that have been the most maligned and slighted by you know a po- you know policies of Tory austerity effectively mm-hmm. are the yeah. ones that have been convinced that the real uh, culprit for that was in fact the EU and migrants generally, uh, which is and it's just the most tragic of stories. I mean. It's, it's, the very horrific. people that created the policies that have create you know caused misery for these people mm. have now sold them a pup, sold them a lie about yeah. you know why they're in such a you know awful situation, and here they are, it's, and they're the people that are going to suffer the most as a result of it. I mean, it's um, it's, it's it's terrible. The greatest con job that's, that's ever been been pulled in in politics. Yeah, never before. I mean, as, as such a disenfranchised group of people, and I really understand why the working class are, are disenfranchised and pissed off in this country. Mm. I, I get it. I don't think fifty-two percent of a nation are, are racist. No, I think people were tricked to, and people were, were lied to. People were angry, and certain people manipulated that through through what is now clearly 
barefaced lives absolutely in order to make the eu this this fantasy boogeyman and you know the idea that getting rid of that will get rid of all your problems and all it's going to do is hit these poor suffering bastards harder than ever. i mean even even farage has come out today and said that um he feels that it's likely there will be and he, in his words a mild recession um which was something that was never even in the you know minds of any of the Bre- uh, brexit was not people even a possi- uh, a possibility was according it? It was to them no it was scaremongering by experts wasn't it and mm. and i think that's another thing that's been but you know even farage is now conceding that that's going to happen and the point is is the moment that does happen the people that are most reliant on the state which are invariably the most destitute people in society are the ones that suffer the mm-hmm. most and uh, yeah. again the these they're just the same people that have voted for Brexit are going to be fertile uh, ground, uh, I suppose, for for even more extreme and right wing ideas to kind of take root Absolutely. because they're going to be even more pissed off. And when you can't blame the EU, who 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 can you blame? I mean, you, well, who's who's, who's next, next in the queue? queue? I mean, and it's uh, it's a worrying precedent, really. It's a a terrifying precedent. But it, because when that that finger will be pointed at some point, because these people are not going to take responsibility for this. No. You know, at, at no point uh, are the irresponsible press in this country, or are the you know the, the bigoted people who've manipulated and lies to people, going to step forward and say, actually, do you know what? Yeah, this is kind of our bullshit. Um, but, but yeah, it, uh, I think uh, what's, <laughs> what's the most? I think one of the most alarming things to come out of the campaign, and and the result, I suppose, and even the continued uh, sort of chatter by some of the uh, Leave uh, campaign, and I must say, some of the Leave voters is that. Mm-hmm. Is this kind of disdain for anything yeah. uh, that comes out of the mouth of someone who purports to be an expert? It's like the most ridiculous concept. I can't understand why you would not want to listen to someone who is, you know, whose job it is to look at the very situation on which you want an opinion. You know, it seems bizarre. It's like if you had a fi- if you saw a car on fire, you wouldn't go to, you know, the fireman that's standing there. You'd just go to the bloody guy holding a pint yeah. and wearing an England shirt and expecting him to do it. It's just the most ridiculous situation and that's happened throughout it's insane yeah it's it's insane that yeah you're right and it is it it's like a disdain for anyone of knowledge and what you know but anyone because anyone educated is is put immediately in that light of of they're arrogant and they're talking down and they're patronizing and and when it's simply not the case and at times it was even worse it was like uh, it was the labeling them as kind of paid up stooges of the remain campaign which is they're all on junkers payroll you know like mark carney uh, you know, Bank of England, yeah, yeah, uh, head yeah. of the Bank of England, and stuff like this. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And now, now that we're in this mess, uh, one of the things that's come out is that they've got no plan whatsoever. Anyone on the lead side, and the very uh, experts that lamented uh, this as a possible decision and did everything in their power to advise against doing this, are now going to be called upon to provide the solution yeah. to get us out of this bloody mess. But- that that's exactly the situation that's unfolded that the leave have come out and said well this is the the government's responsibility but every expert that the government put in front of these people for the last six months have been dismissed in the most cynical uh you know terms possible every expert that stepped forward was was immediately yeah you're quite right branded um uh, you know a, a slave of the eu yeah. you know that were on a, a, a pay packet that you were being yeah. paid to say this and now there's actually a big problem that needs addressing they cannot call for these experts soon enough and and, and, and what's the situation now i mean what, do they do they listen to them now because they have to listen to them now i mean what's the what's the situation mm. i don't understand in the mind of a leave campaigner you know i don't understand what the logic would be that you you know you, you listened to, you didn't listen to mark carney before but now you will you know it's it sort of it just doesn't mm. it's non-secretary and it's just that their whole the whole logic behind the way that they run things has been non-secretary and the way that um yeah they've manipulated people is, has been has been shocking i mean but if we just, I mean, if we just take one look, I suppose, at the kind of splits that we've been seeing. So we've seen that um, Scotland voted overwhelmingly uh, to remain. I mean, entirely, yeah. actually, I think, apart mm-hmm. from maybe one fishing community. Yeah. Um, London and pretty much all the cities uh, voted to remain as well. Um, mm-hmm. Newcastle obviously was quite tight. Uh, and uh, various parts of the South East also voted to remain. I noticed uh, the, the boroughs where we grew up in actually uh, did vote to, uh, to remain. Um, yep. So it, but you had the the rest of England pretty much, and mm. and Wales uh, uh, voting to leave, and in quite big numbers. And I suppose the big, the you know the sort of bellwether in in referendums and elections is always, um, I think it's Nuneaton, and uh, that was heavily uh, in favour mm-hmm. of, of uh, leave this time round. Uh, 
I mean, I wonder, you know, this split, it's, it's, is it, is it people just, because uh, uh, it's sort of, it goes across economic lines. Do you know what I mean? If mm-hmm. it was just, yeah, the, yeah. if it was just the, the embattled kind of, uh, you know, post-industrial North, then you would understand, you, you could sort of link it directly to sort mm. of austerity and stuff like that. But it's the fact that it's bloody middle England as well. It's the Daily Mail. It's the sort of you know it's kind of well, cricket in the village just, and all of that sort of it's that lot as well <laughs> in, in in naming the the, the daily matter I, I think you know i think you've hit a large kind of nail on the head mm. and I, I i think it is a big big part is the likes of the sun the express the mail mm. and it's it's this idea of of you know opinion or research or fact is no longer fashionable people don't want that. yeah people want an easy to digest little little bullet point that they can take home and all they do all these papers do is just push a hate-filled agenda and if you're in if you're in a bad situation or if you're in a worried situation and you might be affluent and you might be worried about the continuation of that affluence or you might be dirt poor and you worry about ever being able to escape that Mm. and you're constantly told every day in big big letters immigration and migrants are the reason yeah that that fear exists yeah this is going to be the reaction absolutely i mean it's uh... You know, the Daily Mail was one of the newspapers to come out in support of it. I would say probably the biggest uh, culprit on that front mm-hmm. is the Sun. I mean, the Sun. Oh, absolutely, um, absolutely. You know, I mean, you Murdoch, look at uh, came out yeah. in support of it. Oddly, the Times, also owned by Murdoch, stood up against Murdoch and said no, and they came out in favour of Remain. But but Sunday very Time, late on. Yeah, very late on, and the Sunday mm. Times still went in favour of Leave. So. Yeah, until today, until today. with with the, with their front cover, what have you done, Mr. Cameron? It, I mean, yeah, it, it's just, it's just, but the Sunday Times and and I suppose the, the entire Times group really, you can understand that they were um, held hostage uh, to a situation yeah, by virtue of their between a rock and a rock and a hard place. place. Their funder was a twat mm. non-dom who lives in fucking New York and would yeah. like to see nothing more than England, <laughs> Britain turn into a deliberalised, lawless crap hole where you know people can people like themselves can just put their money in it and uh, have a bit of fun at our yep. expense, but. Um, the, the Sun, you know, really hook, line and sinker followed that. And, and obviously, as everyone knows, have, has the widest circulation uh, in, this, mm-hmm. in this country. And uh, you, 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 it's it's concerning when a newspaper like that is... is uh, they've, they pretty much called the last three of these elections well, yeah. as well, from what I recall. Exactly. And the one thing that's really quite telling with regards to The Sun's influence is there is one city in the northwest where The Sun newspaper is not sold, mm. is not carried in shops and is not read. And that city is Liverpool, and that is the one yeah. yellow patch when you look at that BBC that is map such of an where people voted. Point. That's such an interesting point, Paul. Like Liverpool. So, did so vote, the control yeah. that these people have is scary. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and and the Daily Mail as well, as we know, is probably the most widely read online newspaper. Um, oh yeah, not, it's one not of for the, its, the um, widest read in the in the world. Absolutely, yeah. and not not for its mm. articles, of course, just for the boobs that it has on the side, uh, which seems cracking sidebar. Um, just actually on on the subject of the Daily Mail, I popped on. Uh, I'm, I'm on there at the moment, and it's just uh, on the um, <laughs> article in respect of uh, Nigel Farage actually conceding that there's a uh, chance of a recession. And I mean, just to sort of give you a flavour of what sort of people. Uh, deal with the Daily Mail, read the Daily Mail, etc. You know, you, you take a glance at the co- comments board, and this is genuinely, you know, this is right in front of me at the moment. Um, it's talking about yes, concedes there is there is going to be a recession, and a lady called Mrs T from Buckinghamshire says, "So what if there is? Our country fought in two world wars. I'm sure we'll be fine." It's that kind of bollocks that has got us into this mess. Do you know what I mean? Like it's and, and do you know the, the, that again? That is something I've heard so much by by these kind of uh, leavers who who you know are now even in light of the fact that they were cons. No one likes to admit to being con to. It's a very difficult thing. Mm. You know, no one likes to be tricked because you feel silly. You feel stupid. I un- I understand that. And in time, people are going to kind of going to come to terms out but i've heard that again and again that this you know well we're just going to struggle for a little bit it's worth it to get our sovereignty back i'm sorry but i didn't hear one single leave campaigner before this referendum result saying that oh by the way there is going to be an extended period of hardship (laughs) don't worry we made it through one of the biggest fucking wars the planet's ever seen so i'm sure we'll make it through this yeah it wasn't positioned that way it really wasn't i mean and if we just i mean if we just move on i suppose from the actual election itself to the way that the world mm-hmm. i suppose has responded yes um so yeah unsurprisingly i mean europe has been a mixed bag i mean germany have actually been quite conciliatory and sort of are willing to uh 
spend a bit of time or take a bit of time in in mm-hmm. uh, allowing Britain to come to some kind of arrangement. Uh, the EU, EU has made very very different <laughs> sorts of noises and sort of say that the <laughs> yes. application has to be in by the end of the next week or whatever. Um, it, it's it, but I think most people have have responded with a with a kind of cocktail of resentment, derision, and just utter bewilderment. I mean, what on yeah, earth yeah. are you doing? Is is the general uh, idea there? I've- I think the initial feeling from 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 most people across the world and across Europe who saw this was, huh? yeah. But I think, I think what's come out as well is uh, as the weekend has progressed, is is I've you know you, you sort of listen to foreign journalists and they're sort of really surprised at the kind of arrogance of some people in in the Leave yeah. campaign that um, that Britain thinks that it can kind of boss the terms on things, you know, yeah. like on a trade deal with China. The fact that Britain thinks it's going to be able to boss the terms. It, they they find it's, that it's, kind it's of insane. hilarious, you know, and and I mean, it sadly it is pretty hilarious the idea that if if Britain thinks it can do that, I mean, and similarly with India or USA or whoever mm. it might be, um, it I think that there's going to be a really sort of awful uh, realization for a large number of people yeah. uh, as to quite where in the world Britain currently sits these days, but um, particularly as. as- you know, and and what well, the case of all three of those nations that you've just mentioned, let's say U.S., uh, China, and India, our history's not exactly perfect with these guys. No. Right in America, we have a very good relationship now. Yeah. Um. You know, but it certainly you know has a history in, in bloodshed. And look at our relationship with with China and the Opium Wars. Yeah, not great. Um. You know, what that is not going to be at the back of their heads. Exactly. You know, the back of their minds while they're negotiating these terms. Yeah. And and as for our, our relationship <laughs> with with India. Yeah. I mean, for God's sake. A little bit of a like, little bit of a uh, little bit of grievances and, and blood on their hands. I, I there. Think I th- yeah, you're absolutely an, an right. An opportunity, an opportunity to make you know Johnny English kind of beg for yeah. a deal. It's if it would be fucking appealing to me. Exactly, wouldn't you know? it? And and just just from a business standpoint, when it comes to negotiation, you you need you can't have all your cards up front. Mm. You know, you if you're negotiating from a weak position, you can't really allow that to come through. You will, you know, you'll get taken for a ride. Yeah. Well, our cards are on the table. Yeah. It's it's and and everyone knows that they've got us over a barrel. You know, like it's not a situation. Yeah. Like, All right, I'll just go to the other India. You know, like or I'll go to the yeah. You know, I'll go to the other China. It, you can't. They they it's can go to the other Britain. Way. They don't. It doesn't matter. They'll yeah. just go to the EU, or they'll just, you know, wait until Britain wilts and whatever. It's yeah. not really a problem for them. I, I I would love to know that this of this secret set of skills that that we arrogantly believe yeah. that we have, which aren't available in Italy, which aren't available no. in France yeah. or Spain or anywhere else within inside the EU. Yeah, I, I, I I would love to know. It's worrying, and you know. Bearing in mind that the, the one of the biggest reasons we've we've had this vote and voted this way is because people can come to this country, cannot speak a, a, a word of, of English, can have zero skills, and still find jobs and keep <laughs> jobs better than we fucking can. That's right. Yeah, that is that is true. Um, it is bizarre. It is bizarre. I mean, that there's there's already. Um, I mean, I don't know uh, quite quite how it's going to pan out next week in terms of when the sort of pre-negotiations or whatever they want to call them actually do start kicking off um and quite how you know britain's gonna yeah you know, well, be, if be there will be pre or if they're just gonna they, they might just say no if, if it's gonna take you three four months to get a new prime minister yeah. and then activate this that's when we'll talk yeah. until then no we, we we have this kind of vacuum i'm not sure that's a sensible and, thing and that that's happen, probably every chance. yeah that's probably worth mentioning actually i mean in the midst of all of this we do have a complete power vacuum now at the top of government yeah uh, on both sides it seems almost on both sides, yeah um, we've we've no leadership and we've no opposition certainly not a functional one <laughs> no we're a situation where literally the only organized political party in this country is is the the smp yeah the yeah. only ones with their ducks lined that's up that's it i mean it's uh probably the it is the worst uh political crisis uh that the britain finds itself uh since the second world war and mm. we have no leadership uh that it it's mind-boggling really when you think about it's, it and, and and then again the scary thing is we, we're here we're, we're no leadership and the two senior guys from the ruling party who just had their way with us you know mm, who should mm. be you know glad handing and hugging each other are nowhere to no, be seen. No, I mean, I, th- I think actually, no, that's wrong. They are somewhere to be seen. They're playing cricket that was with it. Diana's fucking brother. That was it. There was, a, there was a lovely cricket match. That's it. That's what you want them to be doing, isn't it? Playing cricket, mm. not like trying to deal with stuff, not trying to reassure the markets mm. that no. Do you know what? In fact, they do have a plan. Uh, that they were expecting this. That they do know how to um, pull out. You know, sort of handle the trade negotiations. Yeah. That they have got some deals lined up. No, none of that. None of that. They were so confident two weeks ago. Exactly. 
it's, it's incredible and also whilst we're on that note any leave voters and i hear a lot of these are, are protest votes mm. bear in mind the guy you just voted for was playing cricket with diana's fucking brother great vote against elitism yeah well done guys really well, well done. done well done there aren't enough slow claps in the world you fucking morons. yeah that is really i mean i get it i get the idea that Look, I, yeah. I get the protest idea, man. Like in the sense yeah, of, yeah, I, I understand. But you're right. I you're understand absolutely people right. Were tricked people, and people were lied. But people need, like, but, I think this one thing I'm not particularly sympathetic about is the idea that people just didn't know what it yeah. was that they were fucking voting for. Like, you, you know, we all know about. Well, I suppose by now everyone probably knows about, um, you know, the day after the election, the fact that the, one of the most uh, popular searches on Google was "What is the EU?" Yeah, and that's from British people. It's just galling to to think that that's happening you know that people have voted mm-hmm. and then they work out and say what have i done um ridiculous uh ridiculous absolutely absolutely shocking and just the number of people who are just like well do you know, I, I didn't think they'd actually do it yeah I, I didn't think they'd actually do it so yeah i voted out do i regret it of course i do you fucking idiot there are so many platforms now with which to have a protest yeah Right, we are inundated. It's not like it was even ten years ago. I can, within two seconds, go onto Twitter and I uh, share my opinion with thousands of people and make my protest, mm. make my voice heard. Right, it's easy to do now. Don't do it in the fucking voting booth, you cunt. Not not Jesus on a re- not on a referendum. Christ. Not on a referendum. You do you know if you're going to do it in a voting booth, you do it in an election. Vote for UKIP or whatever, but not in a bloody yeah. uh, not on a referendum. For goodness sake, mm. and it's. That's that's you know, but that's 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 a recklessness that you'd have to attribute mm-hmm. to the Leave campaign because they've they've made people yeah. do that. They've sold them a pup again, and it's it's a joke. Exactly. You know, people. One, then you know, and I, I do have sympathy because I do feel people were lied to, and I don't think they necessarily yeah, did yeah. know in all cases what Agreed. they were voting for. And I don't think the Remain campaign did anywhere near enough to to really combat no. what they were up against. Um, you know, so I do feel sorry for that. But there's also a large part of me that that really can't help but feel that that people were allowed. Their, their prejudices whether they are conscious or subconscious but they allowed that that fear that arrogance of englishness with inside them to be led this way completely and, and that is is a scary thought and i hope that's me being overly cynical in in the wake of something in monumentally serious but that is a genuine concern and, and a worry i have for this for this country i thought i knew <laughs> On this day in history, so a little bit of a break from <laughs> matters concerning uh, impending doom. Uh, last week, also we didn't have a Bristol Digest last week. We missed it um, for, well, football, really. Uh, and uh, so the week before that, uh, which was episode 11, uh, was the 12th of June. And uh, you may, and it's slightly ironic, actually, given the, given the subject of, of that week's um uh, facts in history because it was uh, the subject if you remember was interfaith debates uh, debates between religions you know like reconciliation sharing of ideas oh oh how what what a what a wonderful world that seemed what a wonderful world it was on the 12th of june um the three facts were in 1109 at the instigation of henry the first an interfaith debate known as the contention of london was held featuring a monk and a rabbi uh, fact number two is in 1296 at the instigation of Louis the Ninth, an interfaith debate known as the Disputation of Paris was held, featuring a monk and four rabbis. And fact number three was in 1497 at the instigation of Mughal Emperor Shah Jahan, an interfaith debate known as the Deliberation of Agra took place between three Hindu swamis and six Muslim imams. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but you went for number three. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad I wrote that down. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, Paul, it was number two. It was uh, the Disputation of Paris, uh, which was held. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate. Tell me about it. Uh, featuring a monk and four rabbis. Uh, this week is the 26th of June. And the theme of this week's facts is not, you know, Brexit or anything like that, unfortunately. Uh, it's just long overdue American legal rulings, um, <laughs> of which there are plenty, uh, I can assure you. <laughs> Um, in 19, fact number one, in 1975, mm-hmm. uh, the U.S. Supreme Court re- ruled that a Wisconsin state laws uh, preventing women entering military service were unconstitutional. Uh, fact number two, in mm-hmm. 1983, the U.S. Uh, United States Supreme Court ruled that Alabama state laws preventing Negroes from purchasing property in certain areas was unsc- unconstitutional. Again. Um, fact number three, uh, the United States Supreme Court ruled that Texas state laws prohibiting sex between two males 
was unconstitutional. So essentially that's the US Supreme Court overturning laws that prevented women from entering military service in 75, mm-hmm. uh, black people from purchasing property in certain areas in Alabama in 83, and uh, in 2003, uh, uh, laws prohibiting sex between two men, gay sex, in Texas in 2003. What do you reckon? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, they're all highly plausible. There's no doubt about that. And long overdue. And um, long overdue. Long overdue. About time. Um, about time, guys. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I'm going to look at the history uh, of America. Now, it has a long history of being uh, needlessly dickish to many people, but... Uh, None more so than the black man. I have man. sort of um, been a bit cheeky and thrown a bit of a bit of a curveball in this week, but continue. Do, do go on. Because I'm I'm gonna I was gonna go black man until you've said that. But no, oh, no, no, carry on. Oh no, yeah, no, that, that's where I'm going. I, I think, uh, yeah, that being unconstitutional for a black man to buy a house that makes not sense, but you know. Within the context of American history, that makes sense. Well, so it's the idea that yeah. um, there were laws preventing yeah. black people from buying property. Up, up until then, yeah, that would... Up until 1983 yeah. in certain parts of Alabama. Yeah, that and, uh, yeah. Is, is horrific and, and wrong, which makes me think that's probably the one it is. So you're going to go for fact number two, <laughs> yeah. that's in 1983. And down um, the middle. Straight down the middle. Answers next week. Ooh. Diary of Michael Gove, June 25th, 2016. Woke up early, did 12 minutes of Davina McCall workout video, then had two Weetabix. Think the milk has turned. Sent Helena to shops for more milk. Boris still hasn't texted back. Neighbour's cat hasn't shown up today, feeling very lonely. Cheered self up watching Storage Wars Marathon. Stared at ceiling for not sure how long. Thought Boris had called but was wrong number. Have feeling in tummy. Worried about George. The Moss Report. Now, if you were to ask me, Mossy, mate, what are the two greatest contributions to the universe that mankind has ever made? I'd probably say music and democracy. Thank you for asking. <laughs> and, and democracy, like music, when done well, is a beautiful and empowering thing. However, as we all know, thanks to Simon Cowell and his ilk, music can be done very poorly. And the same is unfortunately true for democracy. This comparison for me in the wake of the Brexit rings particularly true, as we have had an X-Factor election. We were led to believe we were going to get a new John Lennon, but what we've got is Shane Ward. Um, this, this, you know, this, this referendum, it wasn't about consequence, it was about characters. We didn't want facts, or as Gove put it, you know, the British people were tired of experts. What we wanted was put-downs and sound bites, and any serious discussion was dismissed by our grossly irresponsible and partisan media as scaremongering by those who wanted Brexit, and in many cases as xenophobic by those for Remain, meaning concerns were dismissed and the backs of voters were put up. But rather than placate this situation with balanced argument, the media in its wisdom fed this great divide with easy-to-digest nuggets of bullshit. And not surprisingly, the team led by two journalists played this game far better. And not because they were smarter, but because they were happy to lie. And they were very experienced at it. And so the promises were made. Easy to repeat, easy to remember. Take back our borders. £350 million a week into the NHS. The economy will be stronger. The Germans will still want to sell us BMWs. But now, in the cold light of post-Brexit Britain, as the economy is in freefall, as we prepare for the dismantling of the Union and a sense of dread and guilt is felt in all corners of the UK, the lies have begun to unravel. They were never promises, they were possibilities. The words of Ian Duncan Smith, the shitbag, as the gravity of this absolute cockstorm that he and his pals have cooked up sinks in. Within mere hours, Farage had dismissed the £350 million a week claim to the NHS as a mistake. 
Dan Hannon, as we've already said, was on Newsnight, agreed that in all likelihood we would adopt a Norwegian-style access to the common market, uh, and along with that would come the free movement of EU citizens. That would be not only probable, but preferable in order to get the best deal possible, meaning that levels of immigration were unlikely to change. And the EU, who were supposed to be kowtowing to our demands, they were supposed to be scared in the corner, because so they could still sell us their BMWs. They were demanding that we leave now. Within just 48 hours, everything that people were told Brexit stood for had evaporated, and what was left was an ill-fought mess. And for this, there has to be accountability. And everybody brave enough to step away from the ghastly, divisive rhetoric of the last six months can see it clearly, whether you voted remain or leave. In the light of fact, it's, it's obvious what we need to do. Democracy, when built entirely on a foundation of lies, is not democracy. It is deception. And if this is allowed to stand, then our biggest sacrifice at, with this referendum, it may not be our economic or cultural status, it may well be democracy itself. People need to be held accountable for what they say. You can't promise the world and deliver nothing. But luckily, there is a, a glimmer of hope, a dim glimmer of though it may be, as a petition to hold a second referendum has amassed more than 3 million signatures and, and rising fairly steadily, absolutely obliterating the required 100,000 uh, to trigger a parliamentary debate. And the most beautiful thing about this petition isn't that it was started by bitter remainers who were throwing their toys out of the pram after getting a result they didn't like this was started over a month ago by a leave campaigner mr william oliver healy take a bow sir take a bow at a time when we all thought that common sense would prevail the petition was started by mr healy and has now been hijacked for this noble noble cause and if support continues it cannot be entirely ignored. Now, the idea of do-over elections, it doesn't sit well with me. And for those Leave voters uh, who do not regret their vote or regret making their protest vote, however they did it, I understand that a second referendum would be a bitter pill to swallow. But in the light of truth, to those Leavers, I ask you this. Was this vote positioned as a 10-year hardship in order to get back to standards that we enjoyed just last week? Was it positioned that immigration in all likeliness would not drop if we were to leave the EU? Were you told there was no exit strategy? Were you told that the ramifications of a European divorce would be felt strongest by the poorest in this country? Were you told that this would potentially break up the UK? Or were you told that everything that has happened in the last few days was scaremongering? That we will get our borders back? that the NHS would get £350 million a week more. I feel sorry for you. You ordered a chicken salad and you just got given chicken shit. Well, say no and send it back. The frustration you feel is real and it has been manipulated to facilitate the power play of a very greedy few. But with the prospect of not filing Chapter 50 until the autumn, we do have time. And unlike the lead-up to this monumental fuckstorm, we have truth. I would say if you haven't signed the petition, sign it, share it far and wide, get as many names on there as possible and make sure that ours is still a voice that is heard. That is real democracy. And that's this wow. week's rather somber Moss yeah. report. No, but you're actually right. I mean, yeah, so the the referendum petition has, has um, got quite a lot of coverage. It has, um, it has. It's, uh, I don't know how many million it is now. I think there was also... Um, going to be an inquiry into uh, some of the, you know, the likelihood that there's going to be some, fa- there were some false signatures. Yeah. And they've already removed some, but they only removed, like, they removed like 77,000, which sounds like a lot. Yeah, but it's so a off, drop out, in the ocean. Yeah, exactly. Off, off a, a couple of million or whatever it is, mm. it's actually quite, quite small. There's nothing. Um, now, it's not necessarily, I don't think, going to immediately trigger a, deba- a, a, a debate, mm. uh, sorry, a, a referendum. Yeah. And annoyingly, the sort of, uh, the premise that, this Oliver Healy chap has put on there the idea that if there's a less than 75% um, turnout and the winning vote is less than 60% that that would automatically trigger a second referendum. That wasn't actually established Mm -hmm. um, in respect of this particular referendum so it's not clear that that's a standard that anything could could be held to but just the sheer fact that um, there's this many signatures means that that it it could generate a debate in Parliament Mm -hmm. about 
this, you know. Well, and and, that and be the quite thing an is as well, thing. And, and the thing to remember is is that this wasn't a mandatory referendum. This was an advisory referendum mm, because mm. people have voted. It doesn't necessarily make it law. And 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 also, as as you rightly pointed out, like they've not um, invoked Article Fifty mm. yet of the treaty. And I don't know if you saw um, this kind of Guardian uh, comment um, that that was kind of doing the rounds today, but it's. And I'm not sure how much it is very interesting anyway. I mean, the point it's making is that David Cameron said that he has effectively that during the leave uh, during the campaign, that if uh, Britain voted to leave, he would have to invoke Article 50 immediately. And uh, when Britain did vote to leave, he resigned. Now, Boris Johnson doesn't want is left in a basically a completely different is left in a really difficult situation because if he um, fights a, he knows that if Britain leaves the EU, it's finished. Mm-hmm. Like he he's seen that and he knows yeah. that and he's known that the whole way through. So he's going to have to fight a leadership campaign on the the sort of argument of like, are when are they going to invoke this Article Fifty? And like, are you going to do it now or are you going to not do it or whatever? Are you going to get another referendum or do something else? And it's like this is it's this idea that Johnson is basically backed into a corner. He's been out like Cameron's resignation on that yeah, morning was actually outmaneuvered has, has Boris out-foxed him. because Boris now knows that if he votes for a you know if he stays and he gets you know elected on a platform that he's going to invoke Article Fifty, he will. Britain will be finished. He'll be finished. Mm-hmm. If he loses that election, he's finished. If he doesn't stand, if he just kind of disappears off, you know, like doesn't yeah. really take leadership during this time, he's finished. You know, like he's he's basically he's got nowhere to go. He's got nowhere to go, and and I can't think of a which is perhaps partly explanatory for the way he was behaving on the the morning after yeah. that he was looking so reticent. But um, the Liberal Democrats, as I mentioned earlier, have also gone out and said that they're, they're building a platform on the idea that they would. Uh, try and get re- reintegration mm-hmm. into the EU as a top priority, and you know, by hook or by crook. That's it. And, and, uh, and said that. David Lammy MP is, is petitioning, MP. Uh, yeah, MPs not to pass this in Parliament to end this madness, as yeah. he puts it. And one of the the, the other things I've I've been looking at, and I think Nicholas Sturgeon has touched on this today. And this is is going, but I don't know the details. I look into this, everybody. I will do in the meantime as well. Uh, and that is going back to kind of uh, quite old laws uh, saying mm. that because the way we work as a union that Northern Ireland and Scotland also have to go along with this and what Nicola Sturgeon's yeah. been saying today about her opportunity to, to veto this that's right that's I've right. has legal precedence like lawyers are looking into this <coughs> as no, we that's speak absolutely right um, um, it, there, there's it hope would, there is hope there is some hope I think I mean that it's, I think whatever that we just don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. is, is, is the reality but you know, saner forces could prevail, mm-hmm. and, and things could happen. But I just, even for the saner forces to prevail, um, things that are quite unprecedented have got to go in our favour. Yeah, and that's the bit that I'm not entirely confident about, yeah. is because the EU itself hasn't been terribly, has been quite hostile, frankly, mm-hmm. uh, in the last couple of days. And notwithstanding, in albeit the fact that um, Merkel, the leader of by far and away the most powerful country in the EU, has been quite positive. Um, you wonder whether Juncker, who seems like a bit of a knob, to be honest, yep. uh, it w- is really going to kind of play ball in that way, mm. or whether he's going to try and because there's every um, incentive for the EU to essentially make an example of exactly. Britain. Exactly, it's it's not in the EU's interest for no. us to come out of this smelling of roses. No, it's, because... it's very much not in their interest for that to happen because then exactly. we, we set the example for. Italy for Spain, everyone else who France. wants to get a sweetheart deal, and the, everyone else. The other scary thing as well is if we do get a great deal out of this, it also files fans the flames of of kind of ultra right wing groups across yeah. Europe as well. When you see That's the right. only the only people I saw with with any celebration on Friday and anywhere, uh, you know, be it in the street or in the media, were and this week were all in the media was yeah. Donald Trump, were Marine Le Pen, were Nigel yeah. Farage. They, I think they're, they're the only on. people who were openly kind of like yes yeah it, it just seemed like a yeah you're, you're absolutely you're absolutely right it was just a victory in their minds for mm. their, their narrow agenda. disgusting ideals you know which you know. are ethnocentric and bigoted and all the rest of it um everyone else all those that purported to run on some kind of platform of of actually wanting to reform the EU mm. or that it was a you know whatever institution that they didn't like, i.e. Boris, 
they it was palpably obvious he just didn't want to win he just yeah. wanted to create a bit of a kerfuffle he wanted to create um, a rift in the Tory party that he could exploit yeah. exploit to his own benefit he to wanted to be the great uniter rather than the great divider exactly. he wanted it to he be just a wanted close to be prime minister thing. yeah exactly yeah. he's he's willfully sacrificed 2 million jobs in order to try and secure himself one and and he's and he's you know palling up with absolute lunatics like michael gove i mean what a fool but um but yeah no you're right paul if anyone if you're listening uh, and you haven't signed the petition do sign it do it uh, it's not going to guarantee a referendum no but it's but you know, if don't, you're dissatisfied <laughs> if you're dissatisfied about what happened anyway you should get on there and as paul says if you voted leave uh, and you don't and you're you're happy with your vote then fine mm-hmm. uh, but i know there's a lot of people out there that voted leave that felt they were lied to and you were lied to and um it's you know other people are culpable for that uh and 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 if you did feel like you were lied to then then definitely get on that petition holy shit man have you seen this shit? What are you talking about, dude? I'm I'm checking my Bloomberg gap on my phone. Someone has carried out the biggest terrorist attack ever in the UK. Oh, no way! I want her Akbar. About damn time! What did they do? I, that's the thing, Hamdullah. I don't know, but the stock markets have crashed so hard. Inshallah, something major must have happened. <laughs> According to my calculations, the pound has fallen so much that attack must have been equivalent to uh, the, the five nine elevens. Five nine elevens? No way, dude. Way? Ten percent of their economy has gone. Alhamdulillah, that is out of control. Our brothers have done well. Let's get a goat and celebrate, man. No, no. Wait, wait a minute. What, what? Wait a minute. It says here that the markets have fallen because. Britain has voted to leave the EU. Oh, are you kidding me, man? So there's no attack? No, my brother, I'm sorry. They they did this to themselves. Well, that's bullshit, man. That's just selfish. I mean, that's our job, dude. I know, Alhamdulillah. We are supposed to be the reason for confusion and disarray in the Western world. Not not this... Who is this man? He has, he has the head of a puppet. They call him a Michael Gove. <laughs> well, let me see that, dude. No, no, no. Not a puppet picture, man. A picture of the man they call... Oh, oh I see. Damn. Yes. He's, yes. He's the man that did this? Inshallah. There will be 72 virgin puppets awaiting him in heaven, bro. Yes, and, and he was helped by the fat albino man who wrestled the Japanese boy. Alhamdulillah, he is probably in probably one of his infidel sex games. <laughs> Not the fat albino man. Dude, I didn't realize he was an actual politician. I thought he was a character from Little Britain or something, dude. No, brother, he is a genius. Alhamdulillah, he is the greatest soldier of jihad the world has seen. He tricks people into supporting things that will destroy them. Alhamdulillah, man, we've been trying to do that for years. I know, Alhamdulillah, but this, this Boris, he's the master. And now Britain has left the EU, and he and his puppet friend take power. They will rain destruction upon the world. Alhamdulillah. That's awesome, dude. We should meet with these guys. We could take them a goat to party with. That will be difficult, my brother. Rumors are that the puppet man will only meet people who procure cats for him to make sexy time with. That's harsh, dude. And the man they call Boris will only meet people who will procure piles of cash for him to make sexy time with. Uh, man, that's tough. Ah, alhamdulillah, he's no bother. For the Prophet, may peace be with him, will surely find a way for the puppet man and the fat albino to take power. We will need to do nothing. Alhamdulillah, and we can just chill on the beach and watch the whole of the western world implode. Exactly. Plus, we don't need to take time off as leave, as technically, we are still on jihadi duty, alhamdulillah. <laughs> score! Oh man, why won't they hurry up? Bring on the fall of Europe, yo! Ha <laughs> ha, I feel great! This is the best day of my life, alhamdulillah. Come, let's celebrate! Oh, you got it, bro. Yeah, hi, is that Dialogo? Sub-editor Slam. In this new improv segment, Paul and I pick four headlines from the week and challenge each other 
to come up with subheadlines in classic, overworked, misinformed sub-editorial sli- uh, style. Oh, so, yeah. new section this week, Paul. Um, we give each other some t- headlines as we, we discussed, do. and we have a go at coming up with some ridiculous uh, sub-headlines for each one. Shall I give you the first one? I'll go for it. For you. Go yeah. for it. Jeremy Clarkson weighs in on Labour leadership crisis. Two Jez is better than one. <laughs> what? Nice. <laughs> nice. What have you got for me? Knife-wielding robbers battered overhead by hero shopkeeper. <laughs> Al Fayed still spends time in Harrods. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, I've got another one for you. Um, Spanish voters head back to the polls. <laughs> Whilst all polls head out of England. Yay! <laughs> I'm glad you went for that. That was the kind of polls I was hoping you would, you would pick up. Or a poll. You know, like a poll. That's like a, a, a vertical poll. <laughs> yeah, what have you got for me? <laughs> Can camel toe ever be sexy? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Theresa May asks <laughs> an eager cabinet. <laughs> That's her entire platform for mandate. Yeah, exactly. That's gonna get the vote. That's gonna get the vote for leadership. Um, next one for you. Um, Colombians celebrate the end of a civil war. Cocaine for everybody. <laughs> nice. Pounded by the pound. <laughs> oh my god. Theresa May regrets <laughs> encounter with porn star known as Billy the Pound. <laughs> Uh, uh, last one for you UK science wakes up to a new future Michael Gove says people are tired of experts (laughs) fuck your future (laughs) fuck science fuck science what's science ever done for you nothing nothing (laughs) right last one UK's venous man has 1300 needles injected into his face (laughs) oh my god and yet Daniel Hannan still makes it on to Good Morning Britain. <laughs> Only an hour later. Perfect. There you go. So that's that's this week's sub-editor slam. We hope that's light in the mood uh, <laughs> for all those that are uh, in the process of putting together Hangman's nooses Suicide and whatnot. Um, that uh, also brings this week's show to a close. Oh. We sort of dispense with sport because we sort of feel that people liked laughing more than sport yeah um please do follow us on twitter we're sorry about last week that we missed out an episode but we're out every week uh and we'll be uh out every week yeah on a tuesday um i think with a with a a refirmed refirmed. battle against idiocy exactly if you are laugh about this stuff but we'll we'll try and educate a little as well because apparently 52 percent of you are dumb Please let us know your thoughts on this Please one, do. particularly. Yeah, um, if you if you voted leave, if you voted remain, uh, mm-hmm. just let us know what you think. Um, I'm very very keen uh, to understand what people think about all of this. And uh, follow us on Twitter. Email us at thegristledigest at gmail.com Follow us on Twitter at thegristledigest or at gristledigest. Uh, we're on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com, the hyphen gristle half or digest. Uh, we will be out next week. Hopefully, see you then. Ta-da. This is the end, beautiful.